So this episode begins with an apology. I recorded this episode with Merritt Moore just as the pandemic hit, so back in March 2020. And then somehow, through the craziness of the pandemic and just life and moving to the other side of the world, I managed to lose this fantastic episode until now. So Merritt, public apology. I am so, so sorry. I can't believe it's 2022 now. However, I had to share this episode with you still because it's timeless and because Merritt Moore is an amazing human being. She's humble yet inspiring and so unbelievably lovely to talk to. It was like speaking to a friend. And as you'll hear from this podcast, she really does epitome the saying that you really do what you put your mind to when you really can do what you put your mind to. Merit is the role model all young girls should have. And I can't wait to share her story with my daughter as she grows older. So grab a coffee and I hope you enjoy. This podcast has been a long time coming, but so worth it as I introduce you to Merit Moore, quantum physicist graduating from Oxford and Harvard and ballet dancer with four ballet companies, the Zurich Ballet, the Boston Ballet, the Norwegian Ballet and English National Ballet. She will make you wonder what you've been doing with all your spare time. I introduce you to this episode. So hello, uh, welcome to today's show. I am joined by Merit Moore, who is a quantum physicist and ballerina. Um, so Mary, Merit studied quantum um, to be a quantum physicist, graduating with a BA from Harvard and a PhD from Oxford. She has also performed with the Zurich Ballet, the Norwegian Ballet, the Boston Ballet, the English National Ballet Company, and has been recognised in Forbes 30 Under 30, and was one of 12 selected candidates for the BBC's Astronauts, Do You Have What It Takes series. Um, so that's qu- quite a mouthful, um, but Merit, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Nikki. And so tell us more, um, What? What's influenced you to dance and to get into science as well? Well, what influenced me, so it's interesting, I began, I I think when I was younger, I never thought that I'd be either. Um, I know I always loved puzzles and I loved putting things together. And I was also a type of kid that didn't really speak much. So like I started speaking when I was three. And when I first entered my, the, when I went to the first dance class and I got to move my body with the music and got to express myself in a way that I'd never expressed my, um, myself before, that's what, that's what hooked me. I was like, okay, okay, we're in, <laughs> we're in. Um, but actually, when I started the first dance class, I started quite late, which is 13, which is middle age in the dance world. And it was actually a bribe by my mom. I remember I wanted to do, I was much more of a tomboy. And she was like, okay, before you take karate or whatever you're going to choose, you have to take a couple ballet classes because we're going to fix your posture because you're looking like your Korean grandfather. You're walking around like him and we're going to fix it. And then you can do whatever you want. Um, But my parents had no intention of me sticking with dance. And so when I did then end up becoming quite obsessed with it, they're like, oh God, what have we done? (laughs) But so I stuck with dance and then Physics came around a bit later, but that was also just a, oh, wow. Like in physics, you get to solve the mysteries of the universe and 
you got to try to understand how this works together and you get to put together these experiments like puzzles and you get to like make new discoveries and like new technology that improves the world but with these like physical um you know discoveries that we've we've just found so that also got me hooked on physics and led me to pursuing both i have to say though when i was in the beginning like for dance, I started so late, so I was always told, Mary, you'll never make it. Mary, you'll never make it. And in physics, I had started so late as well. And it always took me a little of a little bit of time to understand the concept. So, you know, I wasn't one that read the textbook one time and then understood it immediately. So people would say, like, Mary, are you sure you want to go into physics? Like, you're just like not a genius at this. Like, you don't get it right away. Um, but I just kind of like stubbornly was like, but I like it. I stuck with it. Wow. That's, um, that's really surprising actually. Cause I think a lot of the time we always think that we have to be some good at something or show some sort of genius talent at a young age. Um, yeah. Oh yes. It frustrates me so much. <laughs> and there's you that's going, yeah, 13, I'm going to be a ballerina yeah, but- and off you go. It's brilliant. I try to tell actually anyone of any age because there is this weird mentality nowadays that like, oh, you have to be brilliant right away. Like you have to be a success right away. Otherwise you're a failure. Like, you know, and then, and especially now with social media, like you see all these successes and, and it makes it seem like it's instantaneous. And I just see so much, so many people get discouraged by it or, you know, you're either a prodigy at math or you're not. And so if you don't get it on the first, you know, quiz, then, oh, that's not for you. And you're actually meant to be doing like literally, you know, something else, and which is especially heard amongst girls, I find, you know, at high school, like, which is quite frustrating because all the textbooks in physics are all written by men. All my, all my teachers have been men. So, and I do think that, women and men think differently about like we just our brains are different I think I think the structure of our brains is different and so I think we're equal totally but there's a different way that we learn and so the frustration that I had when I was younger was that oh you need if you don't understand it this way and this way immediately then you're not good whereas I was like where I had to learn it I really had to take the time um and I'm amazed I did that when I was younger. Looking back, I'm like, well, I don't know if I do that to myself now, but I'm glad I did that. Is, you know, really took out the hours and taught it to myself the way that works best for me. And so, I, you know, I think for everyone, I'm always like, look, you're expected to be a genius. You're expected to know what you're right? really like, good at even, right away. Even, it takes you know, time. people like that. There's a ton of time. I mean, their mom is been hustling for a long time (laughs) if you look at that story right like even something like that which is not learning physics I see that and I'm like that's a lot of work they've been putting in a lot of work and a lot of time you know so I think with anything right Mm -hmm. like physics not physics like you just time it it takes time and work no matter what that's it I think it always takes sacrifice completely um, and even now, I guess they're sacrificing slightly because, you know, especially the younger ones of the Kardashians never really had much of a childhood because it was always on show. Um, 
Yeah, there's always a way mm-hmm. up. So as you say, you, mm-hmm. um, you know, at 13, you went into dance. And after that, um, you know, you're saying about sort of studying physics. But so what was it before? Do you feel that, you know, your childhood set you up for having that determination and, as you say, stubbornness to, to go on and do amazing things? Hmm. I have to, I'm so grateful to my mom and my dad for, they really, um, yeah, because I think the, you know, the farther out, I, you know, I just have, I've had more time to reflect on it. Um, and, well, A, there was never any pressure. They just, like, they provided the house with all sorts of activities all the time. Like, there are puzzles and arts and crafts. And we had no TV from when I was a very, wherever. Mm-hmm. We just had no TV. My dad's an entertainment lawyer. And we were living in L.A. And he, I think being in that industry said, whoa, like, I don't want my girls growing up thinking that they have to look like a Barbie doll. Or I don't want commercials constantly being, you know, them to be bombarded with commercials telling them what type of girl they're supposed to be. Like, we're cutting all of that mm-hmm. out. No fairy tales in the house either. He made up his own fairy tales. And he's like, look, and he just constantly told me, look, he's like, girls, you guys are tough, rough. Like, you can do anything. Um you know, girls are smarter than boys, but you have to be nice to them because they don't know it. And, you know, he totally brainwashed us, like, to an extreme, like, to a, to a bit of an extreme. There's sometimes where I'm like, Dad, I think I think we went over it still. <laughs> um, yeah. And then and my, my mom, she very much always wanted us. Like, there was never pressure for us to... Like, actually, until I was 11, 12, 13, I wasn't allowed to sign up for anything. Like, I wasn't allowed to be on the soccer team or the, like, any, I wasn't allowed to sign up for anything because she didn't want that pressure on us, my, my wow. sister and I. Yeah, it was a, I think it was a counter where um, she was born in Korea, and I think she had a lot of pressure on her to get perfect grades. And, but they were, she was never provided with the books or the infrastructure to get those perfect grades. And she, I think, came out of that experience with this, like, well, how many Nobel laureates are coming? You know, like, we need creative thinking. Like, who cares if you get a perfect grade, right? Like, it was, she was so anti-perfect grades that, um, you know, in the mornings before school, it was my sister and I, like, begging her to wake up. Like, we would be crying on a daily basis, being like, mom. Can you get us up? Can you just get us to school on time? Once. <laughs> and she'd be like, girls, you don't need the first five minutes of school. Who cares? You know, like, so in a weird way, I don't, but then I look back and I'm like, was that intentional? Was she, was she, like, <laughs> right? Like, was this this double twisted? Like, she know that she was going to make us like passionate about school by making us late every single day? I don't know. <laughs> well, that seems to be the case. It's almost that you're begging her to go to school, which is probably the opposite of a lot of yeah. children. <laughs> it would be great if my sister would turn, like, forward all the clocks and, like, you know, but then forget the car <laughs> clock. And then my mom would be like, what? 
why are we on time? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up in a household where my mum was um, was well known for being late. So me and my brother did exactly the same. We'd run around and move everything forward. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! So it's it sounds like you had quite a, quite a fun childhood, actually. It's a chance to really figure out what, you, oh, what yeah, you want. Super fun. <laughs> you were like that's left, that's yeah, that's left that's to get left. To, you were left to decide what you really want for your life and what you enjoy. Yeah, and and we were super creative. As like, I mean, I think we thought it was like my sister and I. We thought it was all our brilliant idea. Um, but now looking back, I was like, mm, no, I think my parents were definitely like, oh, look at this book. It's a, you know, it's a play. <laughs> you guys could do it. We'd be like, oh, we want to do a play. And so we'd like, I don't know, we'd make concoctions, we'd do experiments, we'd make plays. I mean, we made a huge mess. Like we had these two huge Great Danes that would run around and it was, I don't know how my parents go with it. It was like utter chaos <laughs> in the house at all times. It does sound fun, and it does, and I kind of now can see where you got your creativity from <laughs> with all of that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, well, that that freedom to just explore, and they're always super positive. Like, I think you know, always was super supportive. I mean, I was my biggest critic. Like, I just remember drawing something and hating it, and like ripping it up. And but they were always you know, super, like, great about, like, super positive and super supportive. Um, but at the same time, my mom was like, Merritt, you are so special, but only to mommy and daddy. <laughs> like, you know, they, they were, <laughs> which, looking back, I was like, that's kind of brilliant, right? Like, you know, you get that oomph of, oh, you, you're special, you're unique, you're individual, like, you can do anything. But also, like, but don't expect the whole world to bow down to you. Like, you know, mommy and daddy really love everything that you do and you are special, but you know, take it. Yeah. Take it. You are still. Keeps different. you humble. <laughs> You're not. There. Yeah. Yeah. Which I am kind of appreciative of. So I guess that probably takes me on to my next question. Cause I wondered how you managed to juggle two pretty demanding disciplines and they're so different. But mm-hmm. I'm starting to see from your childhood, this could be why, because you're so quick to be able to move across so many different, different things. Hmm. I'm, I'm it's, it was a juggle. It was a, I, I'm reluctant to call it a sacrifice just because I loved every moment mm. of it, but I mean, it was intense. It was super intense where I, you know, I, well, it was a combination of things that I had read when I was younger. And one was, you know, if you, nothing's impossible, possible just takes time. And then I think at that time I'd also read, it was possibly from outliers and the, you know, for a success, you need to put in the 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. And because I started dancing so late, in my head, I was like, okay, look, I started dance late, but if I can squeeze in those hours into each day, can I catch up? And it meant I woke up earlier than everyone else and did exercises and stretch and 
you know, stretched while doing my homework. And then in the car, like I would do my feet exercises and study flashcards. And then at school, like I would sit in the chair, I would lean, lean back. So my back wasn't leaning against the chair, but like, so I was doing abs. It looked like I was like just lumping, but I was like actually engaging my abs while I was listening to the lecture. And then, you know, every single, like at lunch, I'd be studying, you know, I'd go to dance and I'd be studying in between breaks. Like at night I'd be writing things down and then I'd visualize the corrections from dance at night. And cause I was just like, I need to, if I'm going to be able to make it, then I need to somehow squeeze in as much hours as possible in every single day so that I can catch up. And <laughs> wow. That's real sorry? determination. Yeah, it was, it was really, and it's, and this ha- went on for like a decade. Like it was insane. I mean, there was, there were some things that were quite a blessing. So I, um, you know, one, when I was at, at college, I hit a point where I was like, okay, I have to audition for every company. And it's now or never, I'll be, to be a ballet dancer. I was 19. I was like, it's now or never. Oh, so I'm going to be too old. So, I auditioned like 25 companies, got 24 no's, got into Zurich Ballet, which is an incredible ballet company in Europe. And during that year, away from academics, um, it was it was quite good for my mental health because I realized if I didn't have like my flashcards with me or I wasted five minutes of a day, I was like, I could, I was upset. Like I was like, oh my God, I've wasted five minutes. And then I think during, and I was like, hmm okay, if I'm feeling anxious about that, we need to fix that, <laughs> like, uh, right? So, it, it, you know, it was quite an extreme, and then I had to dial it down, and, you know, come, it's, a, it's always a balance of pushing yourself and being healthy, but also knowing, you know, you can always put in more. I do think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not at my limit at all. I'm nowhere near my limit. And I think there's always more that we can grow and get stronger and continue. I think definitely. I think there's always, you can always keep learning. You can always, you know, um, mm-hmm. keep growing as a person. But there are so many people yeah. that don't. Um, <laughs> and I think that's, mm. that's it, is that we do, ha- we have all of these opportunities, I guess, open to us. But I think what what's so amazing about your story is that you've gone out and you've taken it and most people would mm. have you know taken one of two disciplines and you've gone actually I can do both and that I mean that mindset there is so strong what I mean what has made you achieve so much in such a short time frame I know you say about the stubbornness but what is it yeah. Well, it was also, I mean, I'm constantly viewing life as an experiment. And so, I mean, I have to say the toughest part of the journey for sure was, I think, freshman and sophomore year, where I was studying physics at Harvard. I mean, the pro- like I was putting in like 80 hours probably a week studying, if not like each problems, I was had problems that do every week and each of those took me 20 mm-hmm. hours, like computer science, thermodynamics, quantum mechanics, math, like each of those subjects, I had four subjects per semester. Each one had a problem set to each week. Each of, 
each of those had was 20 hours. So per week, it was like 80 hours. Then on top of it was this, oh my God, I want to try my hardest to be in a ballet company. I've only danced five years. Can I do it? And so I was training like late. I mean, I just, I would come back home from rehearsal. I was performing and I'd stop by the physics department on my way home. And it was dark, dark, dark. And I'd go into the empty lecture halls and like, pretend like I'm teaching a class to, you know, students, but like till midnight or like 2 a.m. And then I'd be up at 6 a.m. like working out. And then, I mean, it was, it was two years of intense training. And, and the thing is, I was also, I'm surrounded by the most brilliant, like brilliant minds and just wonderful people. And so it was really tough. I turned down a lot of parties and turned down a lot of hanging out. Um, and it was really tough because, you know, I think it's easy to put in the work and to turn things down if you know it's going to succeed. Mm-hmm. But when you're told it's impossible and everyone's telling you that, and not only that, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm also putting so much time, 20 to 30 hours a week into dance in addition. Is, are these 20 to 30 hours a week taking away from me being a physicist? Is the physics taking away from the dance? Like, am I kind of shooting myself in both feet by trying to juggle both? So those, those overwhelming doubts were, I think, is the toughest, right? If you have a clear path and you know it's going to succeed, like, you can put in the work. But it's when you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, is it going to work out? Like, <laughs> Like, oh my God, you know, and when you're tired and exhausted, like it's, that's the most brutal bit. And to get through that period though, I, one, I said, look, push now. I was like, push, I just, my greatest fear is regret. So I was like, look, I don't want to regret later in life that I didn't give a thousand percent. And so if I don't make it, quote unquote, mm-hmm. make it, then at least. I want to be older, laying on a beach and being like, I gave my all and I deserve to be on this beach with this cocktail. Like, you know, like, I gave it my all and I just, you know, that was, I found my limit. Like, also being like, I'm curious what my limit is. Like, is it my limit? You know, like, if I do it for three more months, will I not improve? Um, I just, is this speaker still working? Yeah. I just want to check. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, okay. And I was just worried the battery went down. So then I think there was that aspect of it of, yeah, like, you know, my greatest fear is regret. And then through the process being like, okay, then every time I audition, I want to at least improve as a human being so that even if it doesn't work out, I'm a stronger, more confident, giving human being. So I'd write down qualities of the type of person I wanted to be. I wanted to be more confident and bold and strong and generous and dynamic. And so each of those auditions, I would practice being that. Mm -hmm. So then there was like this double purpose to the auditions. It wasn't just to get into the ballet company. It was like, no, this is also to improve me. So if they take me or not, I'm a better human at the end of this. 
and and just sticking through it. Like I, I would have all these things that I was like, just to make me have, like to stick through it. Wow. And stay with it. Cause I think if we can stay with it long enough, we do see improvement. But the hardest part is like sitting through the plateaus. I a hundred percent agree. It is because it's almost that you want, and I guess it's going back to having overnight success. You almost want um, validation for what you're doing almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So to to be working mm-hmm. towards it, and as you say, keep pushing yourself to your limit and finding what your limit is mm-hmm. without, because I, I can't imagine that you got sort of validation immediately from it. So it's, <laughs> so it's almost what no, you get the opposite you're like man you're so crazy like what are you doing like this and that and um in a weird way I think because I mentioned you know like my mom said oh man you're so special but only to mommy and daddy mm-hmm. um what was good about that was then I didn't I just grew up not getting needing validation from others yeah um, and and they were so supportive that I didn't necessarily need validation from them either so it was a good, you know, as I'm going through, like, it was like, okay, no one else needs to tell me that I'm succeeding or special or anything else. Like, it's kind of up to me, but it is rough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rough and tough, I gotta say. It was a, a long, long decade. I was a, because, um, you know, now it comes out like BBC had, oh, it's breaking news. There's this physicist ballerina. and. My friends just had to message being like, Mary, you've been doing this hardcore for 10 years. Like, you know, kind of under the radar for 10 years, working my butt off. It's mad. It's, and I think that's it, is that, yeah, as you say, you've been doing it for 10 years and it's, that it takes that time to, to make it, I guess. And as I say, yeah, make it in, in speech marks here, but it's, it's almost all the groundwork that you put in to get you to where you want mm-hmm. to be or sort of move you along in the, in your journey in a way. And I think one of the mm-hmm. things that I noticed about you when, so I, um, so obviously I first saw, met you or saw you when you spoke at the international women's day for the sun, uh, for the times. And mm-hmm. um, one of the mm-hmm. things that I noticed when you were speaking was, as you said, was almost was the warmth and sort of, it was so interesting about your story. I almost wanted everyone else to stop talking for a bit so I could ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) And it got to that point where I was like, you seem like so down to earth, so humble. Um, yet what you've achieved is, is huge. Um, and definitely, you know, it's, it, it's not easy to do that. You know, it's, it is resilience. It's, you know, it, and it, I guess it's grit as well that just keeps you moving forward over and over again. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I have to say, like, also sort of actually listening to you speak, I was like, your personality as well, it was just a really warm, sort of humble person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like everything that you have worked hard to create is coming to fruition. So what next? Where, where are you going from here? Oh, so many things. <laughs> I would say, so for a majority of my life, it's very much been these two, me struggling to jump back and forth from these two worlds, physics mm. and dance. So like telling the physics, well, I'm like, I don't dance. 
don't worry. I am dedicated to you guys because, like, if they found out I danced, like, they'd be like, oh, you're not loyal to physics. You'll never make it. Okay. I'm, you know, and then I'd hide to the dance world being like, don't worry. I don't do physics. You know, like, because they do have this, like, loyalty issue of, like, if you're not 24-7 dancing, like, you're not loyal to dance. I, like, it's it's a weird hmm. thing. And you're like, if you dance more than eight hours a day, you physically get hurt. So that being said, I think at the end of my PhD, I really hit a, I was like, God, I'm so, I was like, I'm fed up. I'm fed up of hiding from one world that I do the other. I'm really, you know, having to kind of make up these excuses. Um, you know, like in physics world, they would all go to the pub and it was okay to go to the pub. But the fact that I was going to dance was like, was bad. So I'd just be like, don't worry, I'm just going to a different <sighs> bar. I'm going to a ballet bar. <laughs> you know, just, so it, I did reach the point where I was like, oh my God, I've had it. And I was like, okay, we're now going to work on stuff that combines the two. Because also there's only so many hours mm. in the day. <laughs> and we need a little more overlap. <laughs> so I've been working on this dance with this industrial robotic arm, creating a duet between the human and the industrial robotic arm. And I had started this back in January. Well, almost a year ago, actually, uh, starts yeah. of it. I was at the Harvard Art Lab. So Art Lab is an amazing place where it allows artists to research and without the pressure of having a performance at the end. And I was just there in January exploring this human-robot duet. And it was so interesting how, like, I'll improv with another human and you get really in tune with that other human when you're dancing. But now when I'm dancing with this robot, it just, it's such a reflection of where I'm at myself. It's like a me. It's so weird. It's so interesting. And didn't know coronavirus was going to come mm-hmm. and that actually a robot partner was going to be my only option for a while. So <laughs> that is what I'm exploring at the moment. Um, applying for NASA um, for the astronaut mm-hmm. thing. Um, I mean, we shall see. I mean, it's such a weird time right now, but uh, applying and, and plan to apply every time that they the application comes up. Um, I think, personally, I hope they don't hear this podcast. I thought they would. I personally think I have a better chance in the, in the next round than immediately. Yeah, just because my, my research with the dancing, it, it entails artificial intelligence and, AI and machine learning and working with robotics and engineering. Mm-hmm but I've just started, so I don't have that expertise that I think would be useful to be an astronaut. Um, as an astronaut, like I, I think all of the skills that I will be learning on this project would be applicable for being an astronaut. I've just got my foot in the door, so I just don't think I have the expertise um, to wow anyone at the moment. And yeah, that's, those are a couple things I'm working on. Oh, and some workshops. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some online workshops that will be fun during this time of coronavirus. So people should head to my website and sign up for my mailing list at physicsonpoint.com. Just putting in a little. Please do. do. And I'm I'm so interested when you said about sort of going back and, you know, the whole and looking at the astronauts. And as you say, sort of, it's almost that you've, 
you've given it a go, you've figured it out a little bit more, you've got to know more about what is needed. And again, it's your, it's, it's your mindset. It must be that, you know, a lot of people would have just walked away and gone, okay, so there's some things that, you know, I, I'm, I guess I need to learn at some point, but, you know, and effectively give up and you've gone straight back and gone, right. So I need to learn this, this, and this. And I think I can bring this, this, and this to the table (laughs) and you're going straight back into it. Um, and it's, Mm. I think that's it. That is, you know, the difference between, I guess, people that will try something that will get to a point where it's quite tricky and sort of back, uh, backpedal almost. And people that just go, okay, yeah. well, I'm going to springboard back into it and give it my all. Um, yeah. yeah. And it, maybe with, and I like to encourage like a playful, like, you know, people will say, oh, it's impossible. Like, primary, like you can't be astronaut mm-hmm. or something. And I just be like, okay, okay, maybe. But if it were going to be possible, like just, just, you know, just ride with me for a little bit. You know, if I were going to be like a physical ballerina, like what would, what would I need to, what are the things that I would need to accomplish? You yeah. know? And then if you see the list out of like, what is it that you would actually need to accomplish? And, and most of the time, I think for everyone, you're like, oh, like once it's broken down, you can see that you can accomplish the little things, right? Mm. And so the big things should be possible. But it's constantly being like, okay, maybe it's impossible, but just humor me, humor me. You know, like people say, oh, it's impossible to like get this equipment and that equipment. I'm like, but if, if it were possible, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and then they break it down in a systematic way where I'm like, okay, well, let me just go to step one and let's see if I can do that. And yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's a great way. It is a fantastic way of looking at things. And I think that's it. We all need a little bit more. I guess in a way it's hope and and yeah. sort of and, and resilience and know that, you know, even if it's not your time and now it will be, you know, with practice and you know and learning, it it will become possible in the future. Um I think that is a great takeaway is to know that yeah, that as you say, you know, nothing's impossible. Um, yeah, or everything's possible. Yeah, possible just yeah, in yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to extend it too long, but I have one more. Yeah, one more. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> well, one more thing that I I noticed. I just don't want people to be like, oh my god, well, she's <laughs> there's one more thing that I noticed. A lot of people are like, oh, it's been done a thousand times, or there's so much available, as well, especially now that we're stuck in this, you know, isolation period. Like, you know, so many people do it, like, you know, there's so much of this on the internet. And it's like, there's really kind of never enough, in a way. And also, I think that faith that, Okay, maybe there's a lot, but what is that little thing that you can do differently? What is it about you that makes this different? And and also then just being like, okay, maybe you are repeating things I've done, but at least when you're, you know, if you just j- jump forward and try it, you figure out what you don't know, you figure out what you do know, 
And when you're in the midst of it, like really in the mud, you then kind of realize, oh, what your niche is going to be. I think I just see a lot of people not wanting to take that first jump because this belief, oh, you know, I'll never catch up. There's so many people that do it. Yeah. Like, and it's really being like, okay, there's so many people, then, then let's just think like, if you were going to be <laughs> unique and different and bring something else to the table, what would it be? You know, like. Yeah, I do completely. And I think that's it, is that it's all just us believing in ourselves so much more than I think a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mara, it's been brilliant talking to you. Um, oh, <laughs> you've fun. given us your website. How else can people get in touch? Oh, um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Physics on Point with an E at the end, or both of my handles. And feel free to contact me with questions. And I'm, yeah, especially during this time. I'm right now kind of like, getting it getting feedback about what people might need or interested in whether it be physics or workshops or advanced classes etc so playing around with ideas fantastic um i'll also put it all in the show notes as well so that people can find it even easier to get hold of you but merit thank you thank you so much for your time it's been great talking to you it's been good fun thank you Thank you for tuning in to Winning in Work. If you like what you hear, then please subscribe or give us a follow. 